Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, I have Mr. Joe Bogart, Executive Director of the Blinded Veterans Association. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Ray. Uh, no problem. I really wanted to bring you on the podcast today to really learn a little bit more about what you guys do at the Blinded Veterans Association and your role at the Blinded Veterans Association. So, um, Joe, what is your exact role at the Blinded Veterans Association? Well, I'm the executive director of mm-hmm. the BVA, and I oversee everything at the headquarters. I report to the board of directors, and I help make sure everything functions uh, with the headquarters team on a daily basis. Okay. So what is the mission of the BVA? Well, that's kind of kind of a challenging question because uh-huh. we have a, a, a purpose in our charter, and our mission is really... Um, something where I've been looking at since I've been here, I've been working with the board on to try to come up with a uh, a more refined mission statement for okay. us. But it really comes down to we are the congressionally chartered advocate for blinded veterans, and we are also blinded veterans helping blinded veterans. So we're there to serve each other, provide peer support, and mentorship. Okay, and you yourself, you are visually impaired. Yes, I am. I'm legally blind. I was wounded in Iraq in 2006. Okay. And during that time, after you actually had your injury, what kind of uh, services uh, or, I guess, rehabilitation did you go through after uh, you found out you were visually impaired? Well, that's that's good. It's good that you asked that, Ray. Um, generally, when a uh, service member who is blinded on active duty, they go through... Uh, Traditional blind rehabilitation provided by the Department of Veterans Affairs at one of the 13 blind rehab centers. Okay. And I was a little bit different. I can't lie. I was in denial. So I received what I needed in an outpatient basis from the uh, the visor clinic at the Washington, D.C. VA Medical Center. And, you know, the visor program is a visual impairment services outpatient rehabilitation. So the... uh, the trainers would come to me at Walter Reed and, and teach me, give me the lessons that I needed for orientation and mobility and how to use some of my devices, adaptive technology. And and that's where it went from there. Um, but that was enough to get me to where I could go back on active, you know, stay on active duty uh, for another um, well, 12 and a half years. Oh, so you still served even though you were visually impaired? Yes, I did. I was not the first to stay on active duty okay. with visual impairment. That dates back years, years, years. One of our uh, one of our members, uh, Major General Melvin Moss, stayed on active duty despite being blind. Uh, he was a general, obviously, and uh, yes. President Eisenhower pulled him uh, on to uh, to serve. We've had members serve in the Navy uh, during Gulf Desert Storm. Uh, and we've had members in the recent conflict stay on active duty and were instructors. They worked in offices. They did a lot of work to free up other folks who could deploy and go back into ground combat. So you got that diagnosis that you were visually impaired. You got your training. Did you feel that was enough to uh, sustain you to get back into the Army? That was enough to keep me going. Mm-hmm. Um because of the adaptive technology that I was able to use, I was able to use uh, Zoom text. I was able to use a large, really, I had a 37-inch monitor on my desk. 
and I was able to navigate on my own. And I was even able to qualify with a uh, with an M9 pistol in the army, when that allowed me to stay in. That allowed me to also deploy to ground combat again in 2008. Oh wow! So you actually was out there actually in the trenches. I would say uh, still. <laughs> Still, as an individual with a visual impairment, I mean, that just really shows the capabilities of people who are blind, so it doesn't yeah, really you, stop you. That's right. Nothing. Don't let, any, don't let the, the loss of eyesight stop you. I mean, we, one of our members in the BBA, um, who was the first blind person to solo kayak the Colorado River, uh, Lonnie Bedwell, uh, and he even wrote a book about it, and his theory when he speaks is you may lose your eyesight but don't ever lose your vision. Yes, that's correct. So how does the Blinded Veterans Association actually support Blinded Veterans? Well, we do it through a lot of ways. Uh, one of which, as I mentioned, we are the congressionally chartered advocate for Blinded Veterans. We advocate on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. We advocate to the VA and we advocate to the public. You know, We make sure that the veterans are getting the benefits they deserve, that the Special adaptive transportation the VA has includes blinded veterans, not just uh, physically disabled veterans. Mm. That the blind rehab centers are the best in the country, that they are the gold standard by which blind rehabilitation occurs. Because a lot of blinded veterans, a lot of our membership, develop vision issues later in life. And so they have a whole lot of other things going on when they go into blind rehab beyond just eyesight. And they need to have a poly care system going on. The VA is very good at that. So we help make sure that's right. We have a program called Operation Peer Support. Uh, this, While Blinded Veterans Helping Blinded Veterans has been what we've been doing since 1945 when we were founded, what this really did was this helped reach out. It started in, in uh, 2006, and it helps reach out to those post-9-11 era uh, servicemen and women who lost their eyesight in the war or that they lost it as a result of some illness or in- injury that they occurred after serving during that time frame. Um, and it brought them in, got them to our national convention, let them meet other veterans who lost their eyesight in Vietnam or Korea or in- during the peacetime army and still went on and-, and-, and carried on with very productive lives and didn't let it stop them and inspired them to keep going. Well, since then, that program has grown to include all eras of our veterans yes. to get them out mentor each other, inspire each other. So, and that also touches with other veterans in other countries. We reach out to our friends in the Blind Veterans United Kingdom and also with Blind Veterans in South Africa. So there's a, it's kind of a program that goes on there. Oh, so now, you like global. Yes, we are trying to, trying to reach out to other veterans in other countries and really reach out for that. We have, um, we have a whole staff that work um, in our resource center that helps veterans navigate the VA system for their claims and benefits to make sure they're getting the benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs that they truly deserve that they earned. We have that going for us. We have a really good communications team that helps make sure our veterans get information through our, uh, our bi-monthly bulletin um, that tells them about different great things that are going on that our veterans are able to overcome, a little bit about the history of the organization, uh, patriotic events. We are a veteran service organization that works with other veteran organizations, like the big ones, like the VFW and yes. DAV, but we're small. The yes. Blind and Veterans Association, the BBA, uh, we're small, but we're mighty. We are specifically focusing on eyesight issues for the uh, 
sight lost veteran in their families. So I know you've been in your current position for about 18 months now. What were you doing previously? Prior to that, I was in the Army. Okay. I literally served up until uh, um, I was still in the Army when I interviewed for the job. Uh, and I was actually, when the job came open, I was on my way to uh, inpatient blind rehabilitation for the first time in my life. And while I was there, I had to take some time out of my blind rehab to come interview for the job. I finished uh, finished with that, got back to my duty station at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and finished my retirement process from the Army. Signed out on March 2nd of 2018. Drove to Washington, D.C., to Alexandria, Virginia, and I walked in the door March 5th and started the job. So over the last 18 months, uh, what kind of things have you been doing? What kind of initiatives um, have you been working on? Well, the first, you know, whenever you take over in a leadership position, you're always taught assess first. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time assessing where things are at, what things are going well, what things can be improved, and how we can do things better, how we can better serve our, our, uh, our veterans and their families. And so we did that. We've done our normal stuff we would do it every year. We would go participate in the activities at Arlington National Cemetery, whether that's for Memorial Day or Veterans Day. We would have participated in our, our annual convention. Uh, we've been working on cre- increasing our presence to the uh, U.S. populace okay. so they know who we are. You know, it's a brand recognition. Yes. we got to know who we are and what we do. And we've been reaching out and building our partnerships with other organizations that want to help veterans, especially the blinded veterans. Yes. And a- as we're doing that, you know, obviously, it's a nonprofit, so there's fundraising involved. We're trying to find ways to improve our fundraising streams. But... On top of all that, it's really coming down to how can we best serve our members and what do they really want out of the organization. And this last year, we reached out uh, with the help of Bosma uh, Enterprises, and we reached out and, and we did uh, a membership survey. Yes. Um, that We tried to reach at least half of our members to find out what they want, where they want to see the organization go to, what they like about best about the organization. And get that analysis, get the analysis from our board of directors, from our, from our headquarters staff, and start setting ourselves up to go to the future, to go to the next the next step and take us to the next 75 years. Sounds good. So as a new executive director, what are your goals right now for the organization? My goals for the organization... Um, is to continue being the best advocate on this planet for America's blinded veterans. That we That's something we can't fail at. Um, that's what we were created to do, and that's what uh, we've been doing for 74 years, and that's what we'll continue doing. Um, so, yep. so let me ask you this. So do you think that um, some of the blinded veterans are – you talked about being in denial. So do you think that there are some out there that are not really expo- exposing their visual impairment? Are they hiding it? I do you know who those individuals are? Cause... It's it's hard to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 42,000 approximately uh, veterans enrolled in the VA that are 
blind, legally blind or worse. They are they're in the system. They're getting blind rehabilitation support services from the VA. There's you know possibly another uh, up to forty thousand that are uh, visually impaired to some degree that are uh, getting some support from the VA for significant eye issues. And then, you know, there's even an est- there's a number out there that we estimate there could be a total of 130,000 uh, former servicemen and women who have some degree of, uh, of sight loss and could benefit from blind rehabilitation services or the Blind Veterans Association. Yeah. And we don't exactly know what that number is. That's, that's a number we have to use that is in our best guess. Yeah. How do we tell who they are? Their families, their friends, their loved ones are going to be the ones that are going to have to let them know, hey, I think you may need to go get your eyes checked. You, know, you may not be able to see well enough to safely drive anymore. You might not, you know, and, and it's not a life ender. It's, it's one of the hardest thing in the world for a grown adult yes. to give up that driver's license. Oh, yeah. Because it's like handing away your independence and you think, you know, what do I do now? It was... Getting blown up, getting shot at in Iraq, that was nothing. Handing over the keys to my truck. Taking my motorcycle to the shop to sell it. Those were two of the hardest days of my life. And, but it wasn't the end of the world. I learned how to navigate and continue living. I learned how to get around um, just using different methods. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's um, key right there, really. Sometimes your family can actually hinder you from reaching your full potential because they don't know. So they don't know what services are available and what the capabilities of a person who is blind or vision impaired. So sometimes educating family is uh, most important as well just because they are the ones that's right there with you. So they know what you're going through, but they don't know what is available. So sometimes that can be a hindrance. It, and it really is. It really is, especially if you've been in denial. And, and I was, you know, there, and there's moments that I, even now I still deny that I'm, yeah. that I'm blind because of the limited vision I do have. And that works until I walk into a door yes, or trip over something mm-hmm. or walk into a tree limb. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of tall. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, when you're over six foot, there's yeah. a lot of things. The guide dog I used to have was was trained by three women who were all five foot three, uh-huh. and she would never miss anything below five foot three inches. Five <laughs> foot four and up, she'd only miss it once. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. So I know you guys just had a recent convention in Tulsa. Tell me about the convention and what you guys do with your uh, BVA convention. Well, it was it was a great convention. I've been to several conventions prior to me taking on this this job, and this was the second one I did. Um, in the role of executive director, and we had a great time. This was this was a truly amazing time in Tulsa. They rolled out the red carpet for us. They they even went through, and we had a chance to really educate a town who wasn't aware of Americans with Disabilities Act requirements. The crosswalks were not fully accessible, so they went around around our hotel, and and they redid the crosswalks. They put wow. the tactile strips at the corners. They put brand new audio crosswalk signs going on. They were so loud. I was in an Uber coming back from dinner one night, and I could hear it telling me, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, which 
was quite humorous because at one point our uh, one of my one of our staff members Wade Davis was taking his dog out early one morning, and he kept hearing someone calling his name. What? What? And he goes about 10, 20 yards toward the sound before he finally realizes it was the sign at the crosswalk going, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, not that wait. <laughs> wait, and he thought it was saying wait. So, uh, um, but no, so so. We were there, yeah, we were there in Tulsa for our 74th National Convention. And, of course, we do, you know, there's a great opportunity. Mr. Wade Davis comes in, and he he does a, a nice class with the hotel to make sure they understand, you know, how to how to guide people, what not to move in hotel rooms. Um, don't adjust the shades because you never know. That person might have adjusted the shades and not realize that you open them and they have a ground floor and they come in and not know the shades are open and they get undressed and get ready for a shower and they may have a window overlooking the pool and that could be very disturbing to some family out there enjoying the pool right. or something. So, but he gives the classes to get everything, um, get everything going there. Uh, we have a wonderful lady who's a volunteer comes in, Marjorie Beeman. She comes in and she helps making sure that the volunteers are in and they're coordinated for where they got to go for the airport. The staff comes in, we get everything set up as we always got to do for a convention. And then we start out with a board meeting. The board of directors comes in and we have a couple days of board meetings, get things going. Then the first day we started out, we had Team River Runner there. We took 25 veterans out kayaking in Oklahoma. And we, it was great. All age groups and abilities were doing it. It was an amazing time. They loved it. Yeah. And they're already wanting to Team River Runner wants to do one again next year when we're in D.C., so it's going to be a great time for that. We do a little dine around. We got some education sessions going on okay. Monday. The Department of Veterans Affairs Bond Rehabilitation Services coming in. They're doing their convent conference at the same time we're doing our convention. So we're getting a lot of good interaction with the folks who help take care of us. Mm-hmm. So you know that's our that's our Monday. Um, Tuesday starts off. We have more education sessions going on. Where we're, we're, there a lot of them are ACVREP certified sessions so that members of the VA can get some credits for their continuing education. Okay. Care providers can come in and get some credit as well if they're, uh, if they're in the area, so that, that always helps them out. We have a, uh, you know exhibit hall going with uh, this, this year. I believe we had 48 different exhibitors. Uh, we had some, some big ones in there like LS&S and Vanda Pharmaceuticals and Orcam and Ira mm-hmm. and and, and we even had some small ones who were just starting out, like Real Sam or, or um, um, uh, eyeglass uh, makers. And, and so it's, it's a wide variety we get there. It's important for us. Veterans get to go in and see the stuff. In some cases, they order one or two things. Yeah. Um, maybe they get a, a repair part in for something that, that they need. Um, but the VA gets to come in and see stuff. They get to see what's new out there. They get to see some products. And they kind of get to see where the veterans are interested. So it's a good opportunity for the interaction. Um, Tuesday evening usually wraps up with, uh, with our president's reception. It's a nice chance for folks to have a, have a cold beverage and uh, mingle and have a nice dinner. And it's usually sponsored by somebody. And it's, it's a great time to, uh, to kind of welcome our friends. Everybody's now in, ready to go. The next day, Wednesday, starts off. It's... It's a great time for uh, to join opening session. The VA is doing an opening session. We're doing an opening session. Our auxiliary is doing an opening session. It's all together, one big room. 
And we had this year we had a guest speaker. We had the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs, Mr. Uh, James Byrne, was there speaking. We had a um, the Governor of Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Stitt, was there, and he gave a nice speech. Then we had a video from Senator Langford of Oklahoma. He's a U.S. Senator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the deputy mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, was there as well and gave nice remarks. Okay. We do some business meetings in the morning, and then we break off for some briefings in the afternoons. The BVA auxiliaries having meetings, the VAs having meetings. And then that night, we had a wonderful hosted baseball game with the Tulsa Drillers and the Springfield Cardinals, two great double-A dynasty teams for a great nail-biter all the way down to the bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. inning. But the best part of that game was our president of our board of directors, Dr. Thomas Zampieri, threw out the opening pitch right down the pipe, right down, <laughs> right dead center across home plate. Now, it rolled across home plate, <laughs> but it was right dead center across home plate. And our, um, our District 3 director and the chairman of our, um, of our Operation Peer Support Committee, uh, Monica Gilmore, sang the national anthem. She did a wonderful rendition of it, too. So... So we had a great time. We had a play-by-play going on for the game so our veterans could sit at the ballpark and hear the game and feel the crowd. It was just a wonderful time. Thursday, we had some more business meetings going on. We had a um, special time to have Joe Galloway, noted author of the book, We Were Soldiers Once in Love, co-authored with uh, Major General Hal Moore. It was made into a major motion picture by Mel Gibson. And so Joe Galloway came in, and he was the only civilian to ever receive the Bronze Star for Valor in U.S. history. So yeah. it's it's amazing. And he had some really great stories to tell, and he's very humorous and, uh, and a very amazing guy to be there. And we brought him in for our Vietnam veterans. Nice. And it was, it was a great opportunity. And then that evening, we went out. We took everybody out. To go bowling, you know, and it's great because we had food, we had fun, bowling was going on, and nobody wanted to let the rails go up. They wanted to, if they got a gutter ball, they got a gutter ball. <laughs> it was it was game on. Everything it was just good times, good friends, really really getting together, doing more things, and then we went back and we did our uh, we closed out with our with our Friday business sessions. And we closed out with a wonderful award ceremony. We gave away some door prizes. We had a wonderful dinner. Um, our, uh, we inducted our board. We inducted the uh, Blind Veterans Association Auxiliary Board, and gave out, like I said, awards. It was just a just a great evening to cap off a great week. That sounds like a fun feel week right there. Very busy week too. Well, I was getting tired. Like <laughs> I wasn't even there. That's that sounds yes. Very exciting. The kayaking and the baseball. Wow, that's, that's, that's a lot. I appreciate it. You guys do a lot for our veterans right there. I appreciate it. And but, next next year is going to be even bigger and better in Washington, D.C. for our 75th anniversary, our 75th National Convention. We're going to be holding it right there in D.C. on Capitol Hill. It's going to be an amazing day. Amazing, amazing week. Amazing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Uh, Jeff Mittman, our new president and CEO. Um, tell me about you and your and his relationship. Well, Jeff and I um, were both Army veterans, and uh, we both came into the BVA under the same program, under the Operation Peer Support Program. And mm-hmm. and I, I had a chance to uh, 
we didn't have a whole lot of time, chance to uh, to meet each other face to face for the longest time, even though we'd both been in the BBA for years, until actually uh, this last summer when he uh, when Jeff and uh, and Lisa and Jay were coming out to work on uh, some stuff for the uh, on Capitol Hill and came by to visit and it was a great opportunity to finally finally put the name to the face right and just and just start catching up and of course we sat around and did a lot of what old soldiers do we told a few war stories and uh but uh it was a good time sounds good well you guys do a lot of great work for our blinded veterans and i definitely appreciate that so if uh Blinded veteran wanted to get in contact with you or the BBA. How would they go about doing that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. There's a couple different ways they can do that. First and foremost, the easiest way is to go to our website, www.bva.org. That's www.b is in Bravo, V is in Victor, A is in Alpha.org. We're easy to find. You Google us, Blinded Veterans Association. We pop right up. We're one of the first things that pop up. Make sure you don't go to, you know, bva.gov. That's like the blinded, or that's like the Bureau of Veterans Affairs. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Board of Veterans Appeals. Yeah. Sometimes we get those calls, but we're the Blinded Veterans Association. And uh, and and check us out. We've got ways for to, to support. We've got programs. And if you want to become a member, click on the membership tab and get to it. Now, if you're having trouble navigating because maybe you haven't been to blind rehabilitation yet, then we do have... Uh, an 800 number you can call and get a hold of us at our reception. And that number is, I don't have it memorized because I always forget it. It is um, 1-800-669-7079. That's 1-800-669-7079 to reach out and to us right there and get a hold of our receptionist and, and tell them you want to know more about Becoming a member of the BVA and connect you with our membership coordinator. Well, sounds good. And here at Bosman Enterprise, we definitely uh, are glad to do our part, packaging, uh, examining surgical gloves for the VA. I'm definitely glad you come on the podcast today and giving us all that great information uh, and all the things you got going on at the BVA. So I definitely thank you and thank you for your service, sir. Well, the nice thing about it is uh, a former Bosma employee, Sharon Giovanazzo, um, started right out in the glove packaging line, and now she's the CEO of World Services for the Blind in Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow! So, you know that's that's one of the great things that Bosma's done. I mean, there's there's you know they help blinded veterans do great things. They've helped us with things. They've they've and I really got to thank Bosma for the opportunities that that everyone's provided. Uh, everyone here in the office has been great, very welcoming, helping helping us out here and. And being part of our uh, of our convention as well, because uh, Bosma's actually sponsored a coffee for our Vietnam veterans with Joe Galloway. Yes. So that was a very nice time for them to be able to come and do that for us. Well, we definitely appreciate it. And I thank you once again for coming on the Navigating Blindness podcast. And if you're not subscribed, please subscribe on iTunes and listen to us on SoundCloud. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>